Back-to-back days with a, with a swarm cast. David Eichel here along with Sean Bach. Uh, fresh off Iowa basketball media day. I mean, you know, I don't think a lot of our media colleagues, Sean, like today, but I, I, I actually really enjoy media day. It's nice to kind of see the players outside of normal, you know, post-game interviews, pre-game interviews, and just kind of see them, I guess, a little bit let loose. Uh, but uh, how, how was your day today, Sean? I know it's your second year uh, going to it as well. Yeah, no, it was it was good. It was definitely good to see those guys. They're a very lively group. Pretty pretty fun to be around. Pretty funny guys. So it was all in all, it was pretty good. They get pretty good interviews too, um, which is always nice for our side of it. But a lot of them just seem to like to talk to the media, which is something you don't really get with some of these major sports. So it was kind of cool to see that and really see the bond that these guys have with each other and just all the chemistry. Yeah, you know, that's something that kind of stuck out to me, too. I mean, you think about – I know they're turn a lot of guys, a lot of veteran guys, but you lose Isaiah Moss, you lose Tyler Cook, you lose Macy Daly, you lose Nicholas Bear. you know, a couple of the big-time leaders and kind of those glue guys. But, you know, it really didn't seem like they really missed a beat. Uh, Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp were there, obviously. It was interesting, too, because Luca's – I don't want to say a free spirit. He's a pretty good quote and a really good interview. And not that it wasn't today, but it, at least from my perspective, Sean, it really seemed like Luca was just locked into the season. Uh, I mean, it, it might have been one of his more serious interviews that, that at least I've seen since I've been here. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I talked with him a little bit. I didn't really get that sort of vibe that you got. Um, I didn't, at least didn't look into that really. But, yeah, I do think Luca's – all set in stone. I mean, we saw him during practice a little bit too. He still moves the same way, but he seems to be a little more, little more skilled. When in the small sample size we got, I don't really want to put too much stock into it, but mm-hmm. I do think he he's going to be much improved this year. And I think stepping into a bigger role is going to do a lot for his confidence. I think he's a guy who, at times, was kind of passive in the past. Um, if that makes sense. I think he was a guy that really didn't impose his will when he should have at times, but I think this year he's kind of stepped it up and really seems to be ready to take on that new role and be ready to take that next step. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, it is interesting to me because, you know, they were just going through the normal layup line and I don't, this wouldn't have stuck out to maybe anyone else, but to me, Luca one hand tomahawked it and that caught my eye because I mean, Luca is not really a dunker by any means <laughs> in the imagination. But, uh, yeah, that stuck out to me. And, you know, it, again, it's kind of hard not to take too much stock into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Luca this year. Fran McCaffrey said that they, they've been charting, you know, basically every shot those guys have taken in practice since June. And he said Luca has been killing it from three. His first two-year percentage-wise was okay but they expect him to take a big leap forward this year. And he kind of showed off that range uh, just during shoot around uh, during, you know, layup lines during the jump shot line. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what he has to bring to the table. Pemzel is not available to talk with us as expected. He's coming off in uh, an OWI charge, which happened, I think about two weeks ago, roughly two weeks ago. Uh, he is still suspended from the team, but Fran McCaffrey did say that he could return next week. Um, Connor McCaffrey was going to speak, but Iowa's baseball team had to move up their their game two days 
um, in anticipation for I think I think the next two days at least are raining. So they wanted to make sure to get that in, but he will be available to us in a few weeks. But outside of that, everyone is able to speak. I, I think we should start off with probably the number one story surrounding the basketball team, Sean, and that, that's the health of Jordan Bohannon and kind of get an update from him. Sporting a very nice beard, might I add. Some other people don't like it. I think it's a great beard. Um, although Joe Wieskamp said it looked like Jordan put some dye in it because uh, it didn't look like it yesterday. But yeah, we kind of went around. I talked to Jordan and basically he feels good right now. He's not practicing. He's doing some light work, shooting around. He was active in warmups and in the three on two, two on one drills and stuff like that. But, uh, no, Jordan seemed to be in pretty good spirits. He said that I think the first two weeks of, of, you know, rehab and following the surgery were extremely tough for him because he was bedridden. But they still basically won't give a hint whether he or not he should play this year. Um, but right now, Sean, just coming out of media day, what was kind of your vibe surrounding uh, Bohannon based off Fran's comments and everyone else's? I think it's kind of – there's not too much new to it, but I think it would make a lot of sense for him to sit out the year. We'll see how guys like Bakari Ebelin and Joe Toussaint do. I think those two guys are going to find a way to make it work. Not They'll be pretty rusty right away or kind of still getting acquainted. At, right off the bat, but I think they're going to turn it around or at least get more adjusted and more kind of fixate into the offense and to the whole Iowa system as the year goes on. I think Bakari is going to be a big, probably my favorite of that group to do so. Um, but we don't really know at this point. I think Bohannon is kind of up in the air about it right now. I know he said in the past that he wants to be healthy, and Frank kind of hinted at that today too, that they want Bohannon to be fully healthy before he kind of really gets going into it. I mean, you look at the preparation and stuff that these guys do in the offseason, the college basketball players do, and, well, Hannon wasn't able to go through any of that, and I think that's going to be a huge factor in the decision-making, depending on whether or not he wants to come back, because these guys are already so far ahead of him physically at this point, skill-wise, kind of chemistry-wise. I mean, I know Bohan's been here for – this is going to be his fourth year, but I still think it makes sense – to kind of keep him out for this year. Obviously, you want to see how the season goes, but I think logistics-wise, when you look at this team, the backcourt's pretty solid. Um, Bakaria, I mean, if someone gets injured for the year, God forbid that happens, uh, I think that's when you kind of consider looking at Bohannon. But you got to look at long-term here. I think if you rush him back too quickly, then there's a chance that you that you lose him again, and you don't want to do that. So right now – yeah, exactly. And you could use him next year, too, depending on what happens. I mean, Aaron Ewis is coming in 2020, but I still think it'd be good for J-Bo and Joe to, or for Ewis and Joe Toussaint to get a year under J-Bo to kind of get their feet wet even more. Um, I think that would make a big difference. But I know Fran McCaffrey's main focus is on this year, but at this rate, I mean, I don't really see a scenario where he where Bohannon ends up playing. Yeah, you know, what's kind of interesting to me, too, about that, Sean, is, you know, before practice began, everything, Jordan, basically, I think he told a couple of our media outlets here that he didn't really want to play. Um, he, he didn't want to play a game this year if he wasn't 100% because he doesn't trust the NCAA. And he basically reiterated that today uh, when asked about it. But he also added on that the option, and Fran said too, the option is on the table for him to play a game, a couple of games to see how he feels. But I, I just don't know how I feel about that. I, 
like he said, he shouldn't trust the NCAA and he's not exactly on the best of terms with the NCAA, you know, Jordan with the whole stealing of the mat in the locker room, which by the way is it, it was a joke and he was fine and everything like that. But Jordan, made he's probably not on the best side with the NCAA. And he basically said he was more open to seeing out. I think a few months ago, it was hard for him, but after watching the team start to practice and everything, you know, Jordan's a competitive kid. We, we saw it first. We've seen it firsthand for the past three seasons. He wants to be out there if he's able to. And I think he wants to be out there to prove he's, you know, the best basketball player he can be. And he doesn't like sitting on the sidelines. So I'm interested to see what happens, but I agree with you. I don't think he should be playing. Um, this year, I, I think he'd be much better suited, and Iowa would be much better suited if he if he waited one more year. But aside, from, we'll see about Jordan. We should find out, I think, in the next couple of weeks. They are going to try to run him fully in practice, I think, next week or two weeks from now, and then they'll probably make a decision. But the big fear is, like you mentioned, Sean, if he goes out there, he's not cutting too much right now, but if he plays defense, gets hit in the hip, you know, drives the basket, gets knocked down, I mean – who knows what he could do to his hip if it's not 100% recovered. Right, so, and I think teams I think teams now that they know about the hip and if they brush him back or something, I might doubt they would, but teams can take advantage of that, not try and hurt him, but go to that side, go to that side of his hip, um, try to run his guy that is guarding off screens, get him moving a lot. Um, so, yeah, I don't – I right now, I mean – I'm not Jordan, so I don't know how I feel about that stuff, but if it- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That were to happen, but I think it makes sense at this point to kind of take things slow and really not try to force anything. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. But Sean, I guess kind of moving on from Bohannon, uh, obviously stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest 24-7 sports, but... Sean, what were a couple other things that stuck out to you talking to some players today? Jack Nungy looks a lot bigger. He said that he was 10 to 15 pounds stronger. Um, and by stronger, I mean that's good muscle. So you can't complain with that. Fran McCaffrey mentioned that you could see Nungy as a guy that moves inside, outside. And I think, Dave, you said it to me when we were walking out from media day that some of the players said they were surprised by Nungy's lateral quickness and how well he moves defensively. So that's going to be huge if you have a, if you have a guy like Nunji who can play three through five, be a very versatile big man at six foot ten, six eleven. You can't go wrong with that. Um, he's one guy I'm really excited about. And another guy coming off a red shirt year is CJ Frederick, freshman guard out of Kentucky. Um, a guy I really like. I was probably he was in Joe Wieskamp's class, so those two guys are going to be very solid, very solid players for Iowa throughout their the career. I think. You look at Frederick, he's about 6'4". He said he averaged – or said he put on 20 to 25 pounds of muscle during his retro year. So he looks the part of a Big Ten combo, combo guard. I think he's a guy that Iowa fans are really going to like just because he's good with the ball in his hands, make something happen. And the big thing with him is his shooting ability. He can stroke it from deep. He's a very good mid-range shooter. 
kind of just a natural scorer too. I know Fran McCaffrey talked about him a bit during the press conference today and just saying that he's a guy that just is a gamer. He knows how to put the ball in the bucket. He knows how to make the right play. Um, he's a guy that you want in your team and you hate playing against. And I think CJ really buys into that attitude because he was talking about with me. He said, yeah, I mean, my whole thing is I don't – I don't, I want to be the guy that people hate playing against, whether that's defense, offense, um, what have you. I just want to be the guy that people are like, oh, crap, we're playing against this kid. So mm-hmm. I, I really like that competitive edge about him. I, I know this team is really just seems to be full of competitive guys. I think there's a lot of people doubting them coming into the year, and rightfully so. I mean, it's tough when you lose guys like Tyler Cook, Isaiah Moss, even Macy Daly and Nicholas Bear, two guys or four guys that have been around the program for a while. And it were pretty big or pretty big reason for last year's success. But you look at the guys they have now, and it's like this team can score the ball offensively, and they look pretty, and they just like seem like together. They just seem like a really solid group together. They like it. they enjoy being around each other. They want to help each other succeed, and they really buy into what this what this program is doing. And I think if you're an Iowa fan, you look at the season and. Obviously, you won an NCAA tournament. I think that could happen, but I could see a scenario where it's around like 8-10, Iowa's on the bubble for the mm-hmm. whole season. Um, I do think you should have expectations for this team, but I just think it's going to be a fun group to watch. And we talked about that too, Dave, where they just got yeah. some guys on their team that we love that it's just fun, just fun, just good basketball players. And I think it's going to be a team that makes you want to – cheer for them nonstop and it's a team that could possibly make you dread it too. Like it's, yeah. it could go either or, you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what makes it exciting though, too. I mean, like you mentioned, I think you summed that up pretty well. And you know, something that stuck out to me, Sean, I, I kind of went around to, you know, I think six or seven different guys. And I said, you know, people like myself, fans, you know, us media, whatever, we can all analyze the team. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? But what's something that stick? And I ask the players this: What's something about this team that sticks out to you that most people don't know about? I got six or seven different answers, and for me, I think that's a good thing because that means a different thing has stuck out to each you know each player, and that means the team's versatile. They're doing a bunch of different things well. Uh, Jordan Bohan even said shooting stuck out, you know, without Jordan, I think people are worried about some shot makers, but he said, look, CJ Frederick's a guy that can knock down buckets at a high rate. Um, you know, Jack Nungy has, you know, he's capable of hitting some threes stepping out. Same with Luca Garza, Ryan Creener, uh, Bakari, Bakari Evelyn can score at all three levels. So that they aren't lacking shooters. And even Patrick McCaffrey, by the way, who I should mention, because he, I think he's going to be a really good player for Iowa down the line. I'm a big fan of what Patrick brings to the table. Um, so that stuck out to me. Bakari Evelyn said that toughness and grit stuck out, uh, which is, you know, they, a bunch of guys in the post that can sit there and fight for rebounds, scrap on, you know, dive on the floor for a loose ball. Joe Toussaint said defense has stuck out. So rebounding has stuck out. I mean, a bunch of different things that, you know, from my perspective, I, I see that as a good thing. And I think from a fan's perspective, you should see that as a good thing. But that's something that stuck out to me. I like what you said about Jack Nungy. I absolutely agree. I mean, he, I think Fran said he's about 250 pounds, but 
I mean, Sean, he really doesn't look like 250 pounds. He's very lean. Like, he's put on a good amount of muscle. He's going to be a guy that I talked about earlier, a guy that I really like. I, I think he's going to be a guy that you look at him and you're like, okay, he's kind of a similar player to what he was, but he just looks a lot more confident and he just seems to fit in better. Um, I think you see his freshman year, and Iowa had so much depth in the front court that year. Like, it was insane. It was Cook, Greener, Cordell. Um, I'm blanking on more. Uh, they were just a bunch, yeah, they were just a bunch of guys in the front court and Garza as well. And you look at it, and then you saw the back court, and you're like, there's no one there. So it was kind of, <laughs> no, he was kind of stuck in a bit of a, bit of a hard spot there but I think now you look at this team and they just seem they just seem more like a basketball team yeah and that's, of, and that's not taking any shots of the past teams but I mean I, I I understand completely with what you're saying I do yeah I do think there's definitely more of a role for Nunji on this team than there was maybe last year his freshman year which makes sense with the red shirt but I do think he's gonna carve out a very consistent role and be a guy that Iowa fans are really have really been are really impressed with yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up too. And I, I think, you know, I think something should be said about Jack Nungy's selflessness because Fran has said on the record he does not make any of his players redshirt. Uh, like, for example, Macy Daly was probably a redshirt candidate when he got to campus, but Daly didn't want a redshirt. Jack Nungy played a year of basketball and then said, hey, look, I, I, I think it'd be best if I redshirt. He's, get come, he's come back apparently with a new game with some more good weight on him, not, not flub, not chub, good lean weight. And, you know, his teammates are speaking highly of him. And I also think that shows that what a future leader he could be for this team. Um, talked, we talked a little bit about Joe Wieskamp, but Joe Wieskamp, obviously I think he understands what's expected of him this season. Uh, you know, preseason, all big 10 selection after averaging 11 points, about five rebounds a game last year while shooting 42% from three, which seems low compared to when you watch him play. It seemed like almost every shot he took was going in because he's just – his shooting form is phenomenal. But I I think the biggest thing – and Joe Wieskamp was right up front about it too. He said, my vocal leadership needs to take a step forward this year. I mean, especially if Jordan Bohannon – you know, isn't playing this year. I think there's going to be a lot of weight on Joe Wieskamp. And I think there's also going to be a lot of weight, Sean, someone we haven't talked about and Fran alluded to him earlier is Ryan Creener. Basically. So when Ryan Creener speaks up in the locker room, everybody respects him. He's been around the block. He's a guy who's going to give you some tough minutes uh, to back up Garza. But Sean, I know you, you were around Joe. I mean, what, what was kind of the vibe around him? Was it pre pre serious, all business as usual? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It was pretty Joey's camp. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what other way to describe it. He was seemed very calm, cool, collective, seemed pretty posed, um, and just was ready to get out there in the court like we've seen last year. He's gonna be super productive this year. There's no doubt in my mind. I know he's gonna get 
more of defense's attentions this year because he's going to be the main guy up there with Luka Garza. Um, but, yeah, I think Wieskamp, you look at him and you're like, okay, this kid, he looks like a guy that had a big freshman year and could break out again this year. I think the NBA, he said that whole experience going through the draft process was very beneficial. Seemed to really – I know some people or some people were a little surprised. I get it because you look at him now and you're like, oh, wow. NBA mm-hmm. team said this kid could be a like second-round draft pick or maybe even a late first-round draft pick if he puts together a good sophomore campaign. And I'm in that boat. You look at Wies Camp, he's, what, six foot six. Shoots mm-hmm. the ball well, guards well, can guard one through four. Um, and a guy that you just want on your team because he's a good locker room guy and he's just really poised in whatever he does. Really doesn't show much emotion, um, doesn't let his emotions get the best of him. I mean, he can be emotional at times, but he's almost like Nate Stanley in a sense where Yeah, it's very good. He's, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really seem to get rattled. I mean, Obviously, you look at Nate Stanley's last game about state against Penn State, and you're kind of like, "What? That doesn't make sense." But in a in a sense, yeah, it's he is like Nate Stanley. He's just a guy that doesn't really let everything around him affect him. Um, mm-hmm. He just seems to be cool with what with what just playing the game of basketball. I think that's that's what he is. I mean, he loves it, but this is this is his job, and he carries he carries a business like businessman like attitude to him and you gotta love that in a player especially with that age there's really not many guys as mature as he is um and just a good person too i think yeah. he's, this is the year he brings it all together um and just really builds on what he has which is scared to think about because he was so good as a freshman yeah i really do like that nate stanley comparison in terms of demeanor and personality i mean don't people shouldn't look at the numbers but if you're talking about guys that are extremely low maintenance respected by their teammates basically from the moment they walk in the locker room everything like that i mean nate whether people want to talk about nate stanley is another conversation for another day but in terms of respect around the locker room and work ethic low maintenance very good leaders oftentimes criticized for being too quiet i mean I don't think you're looking far further than Joe Wieskamp and Nate Stanley, but I know it's kind of hard to hit on everything from me today because obviously we I mean we talked to Fran for probably about 30 minutes, talked to players for about an hour. But I mean, is there any other major storyline, Sean, that you, you kind of want to hit on before we wrap this up? Uh, not that I can think of. I think, I mean, you touched on Joe Tassan a little bit. I think he's going to be a guy that, Iowa fans, he's gonna be, he's gonna have a little bit of a growing pains at first, but I think he's a guy that Iowa fans are gonna like a lot. And I know CJ Frederick said that playing with Joe Tucson is a shooting guard's dream because he gets into the paint so well and just does things with the ball, gets it to where his teammates want him, uh, or wants it, and he just seems to really have it, have it right now as a freshman. I do think there's gonna be a mental block and. He's still kind of adjusting to really the speed of the game. I mean, I know he's a really up-tempo, quick guy, but he's still adjusting to it. But I think he's going to be a player that Iowa fans should keep an eye on this season and first seasons to come for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, Joe Tucson, I think, is going to be a player down the road that I think he's going to be – fans are going to really like him because he's everything that – you know, fans have criticized Bohannon for not being a traditional quick point guard who can get in the paint and play lockdown defense. Bohan's invaluable in a bunch of other ways. But Toussaint's a guy who loves to play defense. He, I mean, he has some New York 
swagger to him, kind of been blown off defense. And um, I think you're right. I think him and like Aaron Eulis are going to be a really good duo down the stretch. A little bit undersized, but a very, very nice duo nonetheless. Uh, one other quick thing I did want to mention that something that stuck out to me, and actually I didn't even write about it because it didn't come back to me until right now, but we were talking to Ryan Kreener, and we were talking about the way that the team has basically gone through the offseason playing defense and how they've practiced. And something that was interesting with the, the three-point line moving out more, they've put a much bigger priority on you know screen and roll and really getting those rotations down guarding the guys who roll the basket with, you know, a lot quicker and closing out a lot quicker. And it was interesting to me because Kreener brought up the big 10 tournament when they played against Michigan that second time. Uh, and he, he just said, we just completely spaced out. We completely blanked on guarding the screen, you know, basic pick and roll or how Michigan runs it. And uh, you know, they torched Iowa for it. So I think that kind of, a, we haven't really heard Iowa talk that in depth in terms of, attention to detail and especially referencing a game from that long ago it, it at least has stuck out to me and Joe Toussaint saying that the team's played a lot of defense Bakari Evelyn said that they've been working a lot on defense and I, I I don't know I guess for me just kind of that attention to detail looking at you know analyzing how teams played them last year and kind of building off their the foundation because I mean Sean there's no doubt Iowa did make defensive strides last year but I mean they still have a long way to go yeah, no, definitely. And I think this team, I think you look at them, obviously you got studs like Luca Garza and Joe Eastcamp, but I think this team's really just on the same page when it comes to that stuff. And I think with the versatility outside of maybe Garza, you got guys that can guard multiple positions. Um, and I think that's so key in college basketball because we see the small ball, the small ball, um, just quick style tempo of basketball that we've seen over the past couple of years is really, really coming along college basketball. And I think when you have guys who can guard multiple positions, that's so huge. No, you're, you're exactly right. But I think that about wraps it up for at least recapping the basics of big 10. I mean, the Iowa media day, obviously Sean, it's a big week uh, with Penn state and Iowa. We're going to be basically covering it all weekend, not getting much sleep and doing all that fun stuff. But uh be on the lookout tomorrow and Friday. I'm going to be doing a podcast with Tyler Donahue of our Fight on State, Penn State 24-7 site, giving a full in-depth preview of Iowa-Penn State. Not sure if we'll make predictions, but we'll give you every angle of the matchup. We're also going to be exchanging 10 written questions with them. So that's going to be our game preview. Plenty more content coming for the game this week. And in Iowa basketball, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that we'll have to write about for the next couple of weeks. And uh, Sean, basketball season's almost here. We're almost going to get in the fun time of year when it's basketball and football for at least, you know, about a month, month and a half, especially when, uh, you know, Big Ten Championship and bowl season come around. Yep, the, the best time, but the most busy time. So it'll be, sure. it'll be fun. For sure. But uh, yeah, I think I think that about wraps it up for us. Stay tuned to Hawkeye and Sarah as always for the latest for David Eicholt, Sean Bach. We'll, we'll talk to you guys this weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.